With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. We are back to talk about the Portuguese Grand Prix Portimao. What a track. I'm Matthew Gallagher once again, of course. We've got Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, and probably the, one of the fastest men I've ever seen to do a 100-metre sprint. Tommy, how are you? Yeah, seven seconds, world record. Seven seconds. That's inc- oh, no, that was 100 millimetres. And finally, we have a third guest. Very excited uh, to welcome our new WTF1 editor and, I guess, resident member now of the WTF1 podcast, unless you say anything particularly bad today, Katie. <laughs> it's Katie. How are you? Hi, guys. Uh, I'm well, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Um, as oh, Matt well, you're was... part of the family now. I am. I'm part of the furniture. <laughs> um, as <laughs> Matt was saying, I am the new website editor over at WTF1.com. Um, I have been in motorsport journalism for a few years now. Started my very own blog back in 2013, uh, writing about F1, and since then have been to events with F1, W Series, uh, British Touring Cars, uh, DTM, and Formula E, which Formula E has been my sort of thing for the last few years but I'm back where I started with my motorsport passion writing about F1. Well there you go so basically everybody she knows a lot more than both of us put together probably <laughs> so um, well there you go <laughs> so obviously we're not going to be just talking about Katie today we're talking about the, the 2020 Portuguese Grand Prix and, a, and, and one that I rather enjoyed but let's get straight into some three-word race reviews. Uh, the racingline.f1 says those three again I'm pretty sure that's alluding to our amazing WTF1 meme uh, that we put on Twitter a lot of the time. Uh, Mr. VRPXLT, congratulations, Lewis Hamilton, of course. Tyler underscore poll, haters will hate. And June L97, Tilka, take notes. Now, obviously, those three again. It's the standard three, even though we had Carlos Sainz leading, didn't we? Uh, Which was a rather strange lap one, eh, Tommy? It was indeed. Those three again, it's actually a bit of a nerdy stat that I'm going to throw straight into the podcast. Oh, here we go. Um, it's the, I think there's only two more times they need to be on the podium together, and it'll be the, the joint most popular podium ever, Hamilton, Bottas, and Verstappen in that order. So there you go. The joint most popular, is that the uh, right Sorry, uh, most common. The... Sorry, most yeah. common, not popular. I was going to say, it's, I don't it's think defini- that's the most popular no, podium. the most popular podium is definitely Gasly, Sainz and Stroll. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have congratulations to Hamilton, obviously uh, beating Shumi's record. We'll just gloss over that. Doesn't really need to be spoken about for any reason in particular. Uh, Shumi fanboy here. Um, haters will hate. That's a weird one. What, what do we reckon to that? Is that to do with Lewis Hamilton? Or there, there could be many haters. There are many haters in the F1 community. Uh, Katie, what, what do you make of haters will hate? I mean, despite the fact that statistically Lewis Hamilton is the best F1 driver there has been, I mean, he's now okay, got more... Okay, come on. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Not, not, the, not the most successful world championships right just yet. Okay. Okay. Not, okay. okay. Not, you know. <laughs> How are we measuring success? Are you feeling okay, Matt? All right. I'm getting no. off, booted off the podcast straight away, aren't I? <laughs> um, but he's yeah. got more wins, so 92, um, 
then he has got second places, third places, fourth places. But there are plenty of people that still don't think that he is the greatest of all time, that he is just good and not great. Um, but like Tyler underscore Pole said, haters are gonna hate. Um, and I personally think, I know this is gonna be controversial with you, Matt, but I think that he is the greatest F1 driver that we've seen in the 70 years F1's oh, been a championship. Gosh. Wow. Oh, I'm making okay, it spicy. <laughs> How many... We've been running for less than five minutes and Katie's already dropped a bombshell of who's the greatest of all time. Let's... Uh, <laughs> I can see the comments flying in already. Um, but but yeah, the fact that anyone can just think of Lewis Hamilton as a good driver is, um, you know, Yeah, we, we got a few... We had a few comments on the post about 92 wins. And I think even, probably like the third most popular comment was the luckiest driver in F1. And it's just it's just ridiculous. But like you say, haters will hate. They will indeed, and the final one was Tilka Take Notes. Clearly yes. a fan is June L97 of the Portimao track. I'm sure we'll talk about that right now, in fact, actually. Katie, three-word race review, hit us with it. Make Portugal permanent. That is my three-word race review. I mean... Explain. So, I mean, just look at the race. Okay, guaranteed the actual content of the race itself was kind of dull in parts, but that race start and... Like, it's just something fresh and new coming onto the calendar. And we went into the weekend with some idea of who might be fastest or what we could expect. But generally, there was such an unknown racing here in Portugal. Like we said, it's the first time that F1 has ever raced here. Not necessarily the first time F1 has ever been here because they did testing there in 2008 and 2009. Um, but for quite a lot of the drivers on the grid, this was their, their first time here. And I think as a result, it made for some pretty interesting racing. Yeah, there was lots of mistakes. There was lots of track limits chat and at the start of mm. free practice where they had to amend it slightly, didn't they, with uh, what they were um measuring and what they weren't but at the same time i think it you know it was a an amazing track i said it in ibr it's it's just such a an awesome track to watch uh, in terms of the fact that drivers could follow because they could take different racing lines that they could swing around that final corner and they get huge momentum there's not a stupid chicane <coughs> spain uh, at, the, at the last uh, couple of corners to to really kind of ruin that momentum um, and, and ATJ asks, what did you think about the track? I love the final and first corners. Ocon and Perez highlighted how battles can continue from the final corners into the infield. I mean, it was amazing to see Ocon. The fact Ocon and Perez didn't crash is a, is a miracle. <laughs> but I think that's t- testament to how amazing the track is as well. There, there were um, sort of applauding each other on Instagram afterwards about it. And I kind of forgot they were, were teammates until I saw Same. that. And was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, they always used to crash into each other. But amazing battle um you had a similar one with Kimi and Sainz it, it was funny that the the very last podcast we did if you've not seen it yet check it out with um Max and Alex uh, about circuits they were talking a lot about how tracks where you can go through different lines is so much better instead of like you say the chicane that's a one one line corner and that's what I absolutely loved about this this track I think all three of us wanted to do a race review about how good the track was. I think we're all in agreement that mm. it's such a good track. We all loved it. I think a lot of fans did. My only criticism is the DRS zone was too long, but I think that's understandable given that it's the very first time we've ever raced there. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, I, I guess, yeah, the, the DRS was a big contention point where um, clearly they hadn't 
I thought they hadn't put enough research into it, to be honest, because it's not like it's the first time they've ever put a DRS zone on a straight. Like, that there's clearly... They, they probably hadn't taken into account as much maybe the, the momentum that the cars would have around that final corner because it's not something we usually see. Uh, so, yeah, I think the DRS stuff needed to be tweaked. But apart from that, it's, it's, it's a minor criticism for oh, overall yeah. an awesome track where, you know, the fact that they could take these different lines meant that they weren't as affected as much by the the aero wash from the car in front, which was which just made for for close awesome racing. Um, George underscore Tucker four says, "What are the odds of Portimao appearing on next year's calendar? Is this a chance to essentially replace Barcelona?" Uh, money talks, doesn't mm-hmm. it? That's that's it. It's not whether a track's good or not. It's the fact that do they have twenty million in order to host a race? We it's funny reports- that oh sorry Tom you go they're gone you go Katie you I was going to say so reports suggest that the track is paying a lower price to host the F1 this year um, Paolo Pinero who's the circuit administrator um, has said that they are trying to bring F1 testing back to Portimao um, but there's going to be naturally the F1 want to host testing somewhere that's consistent so that teams can look at their different pace year on year and if they suddenly just been off Catalonia and decide to go to Portimao, then there's all that data that they're essentially just going to lose. Um, so that's something that is going to make it a difficult decision for F1 just to suddenly replace where they're doing their pre-season testing. Oh, losing all their data, what a shame. I'll be so disappointed if they mm-hmm. lose all of that data. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, it, it's funny that there was a Mercedes tweet, I think we briefly mentioned it on the um, qualifying luck, watch along even mercedes did a tweet of you versus the track they tell you not to worry about and it was catalonia versus portimao <laughs> and uh, they tried to kind of um cover it off by saying it was because hamilton and rossberg crashed there in 2016 but, but everyone in the comments was obviously like yes catalonia sucks and this is amazing um it really is just the better catalonia um it's interesting you say that okay it's about testing i don't I'm sure every fan will agree. I don't. I don't want to see testing there. I want to see racing mm. there because the racing was so good. And like you say, money talks, which is a big shame because it doesn't. It seems very doubtful that we'll ever go back, which mm. which is a shame because what a what a first race to have there. Yeah, the the undulations. Of <laughs> hey, the track you said as well. it. Ten minutes I know. in. No, I was going to mention it at some point, wasn't I? I should have put it in my ding, predictions ding, ding. for for the for this weekend just gone. But yeah, it's it was. Just awesome to look at as well. Mm. It, not only was it better than Catalonia, but to watch it and see the cars go over these crests of the hill and then going down like a roller coaster, as you know, a few drivers said. And, and it was just awesome to watch. I think it was genuinely something that was appealing to the eye as well as great racing as well. Obviously, we didn't have a fight for the lead and a lot of people judged their entertainment factor of a race from whether there's a fight for the lead and it was far too easy or made far too easy for Hamilton with the DRS uh, but it was also made very easy because Valtteri Bottas was just rubbish uh, for most of that race uh, so <laughs> yeah I mean he was come on when do you ever see Lewis Hamilton lose a two second lead within one lap and then get past yes yeah, like, that's just Valtteri Bottas things isn't it true <laughs> look come on we don't we don't hold back on our opinions yeah of, of I know. Valtteri Bottas in particular but um, no, we, we're honest. And, you know, I think a lot of people were, felt the same way that, that Bottas, you know, he had it very much again within his grasps. He was ahead of Hamilton and he got past. I it mean, was just a, look it was at... Rinse and repeat of the first race, wasn't it? Uh, sorry, the last race where Bottas got his elbows out at the start, got in the lead um, and then 
didn't stay in the lead. I mean, just look at Bottas this weekend. He had fastest time in all practice sessions and then got to qualifying, was setting the fastest laps and then get to Q3 and Hamilton takes it. So it's exactly the same thing that he he looks fast and you think, oh, this could be the weekend. And then he kind of bowls it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, fastest all the way up to, well, even after the first run of Q3, he was still fastest. Yeah. Uh, and then very odd, very weird. I don't know if either of you heard anything about the fact that Hamilton went out for two laps and Bottas went out for one because Mercedes are all about equal fair treatment for their drivers. And yet Hamilton was able to have two stabs at the end. Yeah, he called that himself. Um, they apparently yeah, they said that's they both the thing. The like he calls that himself, right? He goes and does that, and Mercedes let him. And yet Bottas calls him himself something in the race of mm. wanting to go on the soft tires. And Mercedes is like, no, nah, that's not the way we do things. Yeah, it's true. It, well, it says it all Stumble really. Standards, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Bad times, right? Uh, Tommy, let's go to your three-word race review. Mine is what a start, and this has multiple meanings because, like uh, Katie mentioned before generally it was just amazing like what a what a first few laps that was where we we all like f1 cars going fast but my my days is it more fun when they're all scrambling for grip and um locking up every single corner um and then also carlos Sainz, what a start getting into the lead who would have expected that and kimi raikkonen what a start because going you know just passing everyone like it was the easiest um easiest like mode on the f1 game and yeah i think the first few laps had pretty much a bit of everything locking up running wide a uh, couple of incidents crashes uh the Stappen and perez uh, came together and yeah it was just absolutely incredible loved it it was chaos it was almost there was too much going on in my opinion i wanted <laughs> things to calm down a little bit because i didn't really know i was just looking down the leaderboard going who's where who's where okay he's up there oh he's fallen down to there like, it was just genuine chaos and mm. The fact that Carlos took the lead was uh, just ridiculous from, was it P6 on the grid, I think he was? But it was just unreal to watch such chaos unfold where it was that element of the unknown. It was a slightly slippery track because of the fact that it had been drizzling a little bit. And, you know, the tyres as well were so, they were the hardest compounds of the week of, of any choice that F1 has, which obviously affects tyre warm-up. So the guys on the mediums, although I was very surprised that Max didn't switch on and bolt, it was very mm. odd to see the Red Bull not be able to switch on their tyres as well. No, it was certainly probably the best race start that we've seen in a long, long time. And even like we were saying visually, like just all the cars going from up and down, like this roller coaster on camera looked amazing. And then they went to a shot of rain in like turn two and turn three on the camera um, and Bottas passing Hamilton. I mean, it had it all. But like you say, there was so much going on. The press spin with uh, Verstappen in third. It just, it would be nice if, Although I loved the concentrate like of action happening, if that sort of made its way through the race, because like we said, there were moments during the race where it wasn't boring, but it just, we had such an insane couple of minutes at the start. And then naturally the only way is sort of like down from there in our, with our expectations. Yeah, it was, it was set up too, too much, wasn't it? It was, I think I said it in IBR where it was just like, wow, we've just had the most insane. Well, F1TWNL says, were those the best six laps of the season? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think that's uh, pretty, pretty easy to say uh, in terms of carnage, definitely. But uh, yeah, it definitely set our expectations a little bit high. And I thought after that, I was like, as soon as I saw both Mercedes out in front, 
yeah, we're gonna let we're gonna have to settle in now and uh, maybe not be as excited <laughs> as we have been at the start. Yeah, no disrespect to Mercedes, but we're also desperate for them to be challenged. That any time a Mercedes gets overtaken, everyone's cheering and it, you know it's incredible to watch. I think even Toto Wolff after the race was talking about how great it is for the sport that that happened. Um, but McLaren were absolutely flying at the start, weren't they? Him, uh, Sainz and Lando both had amazing starts, and then Kimi as well, which we'll go into. Yes. Yeah, so Dr- Drummond underscore TX says, who last had an opening lap as good as Kimi's was? So he started P16, if I remember correctly. Was that right? And then he yeah. got yeah. all the way up to P7? Yeah, so six. he was passed six, by... P6. Yeah. He was passed by um, Antonio Giovinazzi at the start. So technically he went to 17th and then from there managed to fight his way up um, yeah, to, to P6, which was insane. <laughs> where, where did Antonio get? Did he make much progress in the same car and I'm imagining the same compound? On the first no, lap not... or generally in the race? Just generally in the fir- on the first lap, sorry. I don't believe he, he made up loads progress, of places, no. Um, not think, not anywhere near what Kimmy did. Do you know where he, th- where he was? I don't, but I know that it, I think I saw on Kimmy's onboard that um, he had a little bit of a clip with Sebastian Vettel in the first few corners. Oh yeah, uh, I did yeah, see that. Actually, I do remember seeing. It did that. get a bit yeah. messy because I think George mm. Russell had a bit of uh, contact with someone else. Oh, it was George Russell getting caught up in a chaotic race. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's funny that uh, people mentioned about um, when was a opening lap that good because. People will not like to hear it because this is like one of those things, uh, I guess a bit like Schumacher's record, that people don't like to uh, <laughs> to talk about anything better than. Um, but Senna's first lap at Donington in 93, where he went from fifth to first, uh, is lauded as being essentially like the greatest opening lap in the history of F1. Um, but for me, I mean, Kimi Raikkonen, he's in one of the worst cars on the grid, Mm. For, I think you've mentioned this, Matt, 41 years old, and he goes yeah. down to 17th at turn one, and then by the end of the lap, he, he's sixth in a battle for essentially, I think, fourth. a fourth. Um, yeah. There's a funny moment from Max in the press conference, actually, where he said he thought his start wasn't that bad, and then was really confused that Kimmy was behind him, because Max started <laughs> third, and Kimmy started 16th, and he was going... <laughs> Have I done that bad of a start? Why is Kimmy behind me? <laughs> Incredible. I mean, in terms of like the history of F1, there have been some starts recently that were also pretty impressive. So Jensen Button at the 2016 US Grand Prix, he started 19th and made his way up to 11th before turn 12 in the first lap. So that's a total of eight places. Um, Max Verstappen as well at the 2017 Chinese Grand Prix. He went from 16th up to 7th in lap one. So that's nine places made up. I'm surprised didn't mention up. that, Tommy, to be honest. <laughs> Which one? Who was I didn't mention Verstappen China, 2017. Uh, you know, I'm just saving, saving my fanboyism. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kimmy's, like you say, in the car that he's in was just phenomenal. Like, I, I'm not Kimmy's number one fan. I'll put that out there now. Oh. But... But Kimmy hater. I'm not a hater. <laughs> <laughs> no, as soon as you're not someone's number one fan, yeah, you're, you're either a hater. a hater or a fanboy. There's not there's nothing in between. Oh dear. You okay, need to learn right. that on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was impressed. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, lovely stuff. Um right, okay, so let's go on to, to my my three word race review now, which was uh midfield is spicy, as it 
always is, really. Um, we had two incredible battles, uh, Esteban Ocon versus Sergio Perez and then Carlos Sainz versus Mr. 41-year-old Kimi Raikkonen. That was just awesome to watch, especially Kimi fighting again in that dreadful car, just trying to hang on for dear life to get any kind of points and unfortunately finished 11th, which is just uh, just horrible to, to look at that results page and think that after that good start, he wasn't able to, to at least salvage a point. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it was just proving that the midfield is still again such a an unknown entity where teams can be quick and like I mean the fact that Perez managed to finish P five after being last. I mean, where where had that racing point pace come from? Because without the crash, could he have beaten Verstappen for a podium? It, like that, yeah. that's what's got it's got uh, me asking at he, least. He dropped back. He finished seventh in the end, didn't he? He dropped back a little bit. Oh yeah, sorry. The yes. last couple yeah, of laps, yeah. he got done by Gasly, but. The midfield just delivers every single race. We we always mention Formula One point five. Um, did you, did you see the championship? There's now twenty one points between Ricardo, Leclerc, Perez, Norris, Albon, Gasly, Sainz. Mad. Wow. And it just it seems to just change. Uh, we say it all the time. It just seems to be a different different guy up front uh, in that sort of leading that Formula One point five every single. Uh, every single week and if that was the championship battle we'd be having the greatest championship (laughs) battle of all time wouldn't we yeah but we always say that don't we and we always remember that this is for fifth place or seventh place or whatever i mean thanks to ferrari we've been able to have a few surprise podiums um thanks to ferrari's terrible pace i mean (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah it's, it's 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 a weird one isn't it how have you seen the the midfield katie it's been amazing like you say the top three they can sort of just go off and do their own thing we we pretty much know what the result of that's going to be in the championship but yeah midfiddle midfiddle midfield midfiddle <laughs> middle fiddle um is it's been excellent to watch and and like we said the the, the ocon and perez um driving and like competing against each other in that race was so good to see and I'm personally amazed that there wasn't a prang in there but um yeah I'm really excited to see how that championship changes because inevitably it will completely juggle around at many many points uh during the next few races yeah it was weird it was weird to to not see a, a safety car or virtual safety car or any kind of real incident the only driver to retire was Stroll and that was a retirement as in they, he drove into the garage so mm. it was very odd because I think we all would have expected at least one some sort of safety car mode just purely from the fact that there's gravel everywhere and I think Martin Brundle said it in commentary as well that you know one incident and the safety car is most likely coming out so mm. the midfield despite having some incredible action was also very well behaved yeah yeah it's and chaotic also... but sensible yeah, sorry, I was going to say, and also seeing as we had three red flags in just practice alone, I'm amazed that we didn't get some sort of safety car, virtual safety car. So yeah, um, all on their best that's, behaviour. That's true, even free practice was eventful. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, there was more collisions. Actually, no, there was a collision, wasn't there, between Lando and Stroll into turn one? Lando, yeah. it was the racing points all weekend just seemed to be getting punted or yeah, that's true. punting people. I think even racing, even racing point themselves just put. I think they did a tweet that was just something like, "When is this weekend going to end?" <laughs> just because you had every session a racing point was being punted by someone or being spun round. So, yeah. Right. So, Cena underscore Manic says, "Why Perez 
why Perez? I, I'm assuming <laughs> why was Perez not penalised for sudden change of direction in the braking zone? I think it was touch and go, wasn't it? We've seen it before. We've seen it with Grosjean at Silverstone. He did a very similar thing and he got away with it, didn't he? For the, Well, he did it a couple of times from what I remember, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, I, th- I think it was almost deserving of a penalty, in my opinion, just purely from how late it was and how much Gasly had to get out of it because that could have easily been a, a monumental incident. Um, but for me, yeah, it was maybe a little bit over the line. I thought he was just on on the line. I think it was it was a little naughty. But of course I, you did. No one for Stappen fanboy. What? You're so you know you love the aggressive defence. Yeah, I was going to say like I bet why, you came why to is Max's, why is Max's um, help at Spa when he was weaving down the oh no no no. <laughs> but the, I think that move that Perez did was yeah it was definitely borderline. I think it was. I think where it differed was it was super aggressive that he moved over, but he didn't um, he didn't do the Grosjean twitch where it's like almost too late that you you just kind of the wiggle twitch. you know where you just wiggle the steering wheel a little is that bit. a dance move now? yeah the Grosjean twitch it's the, the new twitch. Harlem Shake <laughs> <laughs> someone meme that please make a Grosjean the Grosjean twitch dance well even the Grosjean twitch didn't get penalised did it no but that they're a bit dodgy even i think they're a bit dodgy but the prez one yeah i think it it was it was borderline but i thought it was it was all good prez just got a reprimand for it so smack on the wrist um and it says the fia statement they said that both drivers agreed that while on the limit this maneuver was fundamentally okay and constituted the racing at the limit and that the reaction from perez um it wasn't a reaction to what Gasly was doing. It was more that they moved first or simultaneously. So, I, mean, <laughs> I guarantee they would not have come to an agreement had yeah. Gasly not got past and Perez finished P5. Yeah, I can't imagine them getting to the uh, driver stewards and sort of shaking hands and saying, oh, good race, chap, you know, all this sort of thing. I'm sure it probably was Touching a bit... elbows, Katie, come on. Oh, we're, we're in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but, but yeah, yeah. I, can, I, I highly doubt that that would have been a very uh, amicable uh, agreement had it had, uh, been slightly different or ended differently. Um, but uh, right, let's continue with another uh, question. Mimo RL says, Stroll or Lando's fault? Of course, this is talking about Lando Norris versus Lance Stroll into turn one, where uh, Stroll went quite recklessly over to the left-hand side, over the curb a little bit, um, or the entry curb, and then just swung round the outside. And it looked like it was going to be a pretty awesome move until he just kind of just <laughs> pinched Lando at the apex. And then it was a big crash. Too, too much. I don't think it... I, I think Lance was being given a lot more stick than maybe he deserved for that. Lando, um, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't horrendously stupid. Um, it, it was a very strange call that he decided to go round the outside because he had so much overspeed. I think he would yeah. have made it down the inside fairly easily. Um, but you, you wrote something about it, Katie, didn't you? Because Lando is pretty savage, actually, after the race. Yeah. Um, so as well as the uh, comments that Lando made on Team Radio, which we shall not be repeating, um, after the race, he basically said that Lance Stroll just never seems to learn his lesson, which... Um, Maybe he's referring to the the accident that he had with Verstappen in free practice too, or maybe it's just generally that he just doesn't seem to, yeah, learn what he's done wrong and just make the same mistake again and again. But 
Lando, as you would expect, was not happy boy because it did completely ruin his race and he ended up finishing 13th out the points when we saw how competitive the McLarens were this weekend. So he could have easily been sort of maybe seventh or eighth in that race. I don't know. I just feel like, it, like, like I mean, I'm, I'm not, as Katie's said before, I'm not, I'm not Lance's number one fan, uh, which doesn't make me a hater. hater. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think... I, I thought it was quite cool and hard racing. It was odd, as Tommy said, that he went to the outside... Um, but when you look at it, it's, you know, that's the kind of entertainment we want. And then everyone's kind of having a go at him, probably because Lando is this golden child as well that everybody loves. And, you know, I'm not saying that Lando doesn't deserve that that, that praise. But at the same time, it's one of those ones that where Lando has a very passionate fan base and will attack at any moment. Versus, uh, versus so a I, driver I think, that's well known for being sort of like hated yeah. because of daddy's cash. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lance was off off the pace all weekend, wasn't he, really? You know, they were giving him excuses that because he'd missed a race, which is absolute rubbish when Hulkenberg literally turned up on Saturday and finished in the points on Sunday. Can't uh, believe so, they said that. I cannot believe they said that at all. I don't that, buy it, No, either. because the, we, we said this before, that the, the calendar is so congested that normally you might, uh, on a normal calendar, that sometimes three-week breaks like you don't have an awful race after the summer break and you go oh well it's because they've been on holiday and <laughs> yeah. they've not driven an f1 car for three weeks so they've forgotten <laughs> no um pens fanin rva says how is gasly not going to be promoted to red bull next year he's easily the driver of the year well the way i see this and obviously this is always speculation because no one is inside red bull that's ever, well going to spill the beans on exactly what's going on but i just feel like gasly and red bull just aren't seeing eye to eye that for whatever reason maybe it was because of you know where there were fallings out from uh, his his stint at Red Bull but either way I just there hasn't really been any chatter that he's going to be replacing Alex Albon back to Red Bull I think for Red Bull themselves it's just embarrassing and they don't really want to do it Gasly yeah as much as he's been incredible this year um, and he's won a race and, and everything like that he's still not He's still not the only person on the driver market that Red Bull like, well, we have to go with Gasly. And and I think that's probably what's stopping them from committing to, to doing this kind of embarrassing move is because there are other, other options out there and it's much less embarrassing if they get a Perez or a Hulkenberg, which, are, which could also be a more conservative pick anyway because they, they're, they're proven... Well, yeah. I guess Perez is proven, Hulkenberg maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, the fact, yeah, the fact that... Gasly doesn't appear to even be in the conversation. You had Christian Horner saying that if Albon doesn't deliver in the next two races, one of them was that one, so you've got to think that's now one race, um, <laughs> that if he doesn't deliver, um, they're going to look outside the Red Bull programme, which shows that Gasly isn't being considered at all. And for me, that just shows that there must be something there. It's either the embarrassment that they don't want to switch him back or the fact that there is this true rumor that Gasly maybe didn't make good friends at Red Bull and or, they don't like or him. the fact that they don't want they don't want to showcase the fact that maybe the Red Bull is much more of a Max Verstappen team than even anyone else thought you know the fact if Gasly goes back into that Red Bull and starts having the same mm. performances as what he had before that just highlights that there's something fundamentally yeah, wrong within true. the team or at least for the for the number two driver so they, I don't think they want to give people comparisons where Gasly can go back into the car, and then they can't blame confidence because Pierre's on the top on top of the world at the moment. Yeah, you've got to you've got to think that Gasly 
he's now one point behind Albon in the world title and has won a race. If he if he can't get a Red Bull drive doing that, he's not getting a Red Bull drive doing anything, is he? No. I mean, as well as the rumours that, like you say, he might have upset people at Red Bull, there could also just be the fact that Gasly just doesn't want to go back. Maybe his mental health is a lot better at Alpha Tauri um, and he just doesn't want to do anything that might put him back in a place where I mean we all know physical health is important in being a good F1 driver but also mentally being in a good place affects how you're going to drive on the Sunday so perhaps he's just comfortable and happy as he is um, until he probably inevitably goes to Renault (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I I don't personally buy the fact that he wouldn't go back to Red Bull I think he would Uh, he was asked in a post-race interview just gone uh, by Simon Lazenby I think it was about the fact that you know would you go back to Red Bull has there been chats about it you know blah 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 and he was going look it's out of my hands it's not me that makes the the decisions Uh, so I I think he would go back to Red Bull if because he he has something to prove and he he would want to go there and and get rid of this kind of meme worthy part of his career where clearly it wasn't working. So I I I personally think that he would take the opportunity again. Um, but you know you never know, do you? You, you? He might just be putting on a front where he says these things to to make Red Bull and continue to make Red Bull happy by just going, look, it's their decision, whatever, you know. So um, I'm sure there's already been conversations with Pierre that he's not getting the seat again. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so Sergio Perez, he was given driver of the day. Um, we've already kind of mentioned uh, the question, but let's pose it again. Could Perez be in with a Red Bull shout? I think so. I think he would probably be put over uh, Hulkenberg. There has been chatter and rumours that the reason Perez and Williams is being shouted about as much is to force Red Bull into making a decision earlier rather than later so that they could, if they're going to make a move for Sergio, they have to do it now. Um, yeah, and I saw that. to be fair, if I'm if I'm Red Bull, I'm definitely taking Perez over Albon, in my opinion. Uh, I think Sergio deserves a seat in a top team, and he always has for for quite a few years since his McLaren disaster. But that was much much earlier in his career. So yeah, for me, I think he definitely could be within the shout, and I think he's probably favourite in my eyes. I- ironically, George Russell, who was very vocal about Red Bull, wasn't he, when Albon was having a bad race, and George Russell kind of came to his mate and said um they're making Albon look stupid um Mm. ironically George Russell almost needs Albon to be rubbish now so Perez replaces him (laughs) otherwise he's losing his seat it's funny how that's panned out no yeah it is it's an unusual one this further silly season isn't it it's just been absolutely mental this year silly season and we haven't even touched upon the fact that uh Grosjean and Magnussen are out at Haas so that's something completely different to talk about maybe later on but yeah it's uh it's certainly an interesting idea that he could go to Red Bull I think personally Perez is the better choice over Hulkenberg obviously Hulkenberg has been a super sub these last few races but Perez has got more money more podiums and I think he's more of an aggressive racer that I think more podium podium. (laughs) (laughs) he has more than one podium so (laughs) Um, so yeah I think that they would I think Perez would be a better fit than Hulkenberg. But, I wonder uh, what I wonder what they uh, what, what they thought about um, Perez and Verstappen colliding the moment they were rumored to be teammates together. That very first that race, they've now they've now collided on turn one, and then I think um, not not argument there, but um, Verstappen said Perez took himself out, which is rubbish, uh, really. Mm. But yeah, 
it, it, it was I think I, I think a racing instant yeah, was probably 100%. fair yeah uh, but then I also think that maybe that would mean that the Lance Stroll Lando Norris instant was potentially a racing instant as well. But either way, um, it's, it's fine lines, isn't it? It's fine mm. lines in this sport when it comes to those kind of instants. But obviously, it wasn't lap one, so that's probably why they why they went that way. Um, yeah, you mentioned obviously that Grosjean and Magnussen are out. We've, we we did make a video of people wondering about transfer rumours, and I think that some of them are most likely going to be coming true. Um, and so just check that video out if you, if you want to it's on our channel what did we call it again Tommy I can't remember it was uh, oh yeah oh, how right. George Russell may not race in 2021 yeah. even with a contract so go check that out um, right next let's talk about it because it happened even though I don't want to talk about it um, <laughs> Hamilton becomes the most successful driver in history with 92 wins uh, not bad yeah yeah not bad yeah decent he's won 92 times um, that's pretty much it really thanks for, thanks so much for watching goodbye yeah, uh, you, you're not you're not too happy being the the Shumi fanboy that you are. Um, incredible! I'm really I'm really glad Hamilton did it with, you know, a good win. I, w- I wish the um, you know Mercedes did have more of a challenge this year because he he gets a lot of stick for being in the best car, which is absolutely rubbish. Because uh, t- I think it, I can't remember what year it was off the top of my head, but there was a year where Bottas didn't even win a race and finished fifth in the championship when Hamilton won it. Uh, I think maybe two that 2018, I think it might have been. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. was certainly a lot closer between Ferrari, and you could maybe even argue that Ferrari had the best car that year. Um, so he has had people challenging him. I, I like the fact that in that race, you know, he did fight Bottas, got back ahead, and then pulled a massive gap despite having cramp, dead tyres, everything that anything throws at him. He just seems to be able to hit another level. Um but yeah, what what an incredible achievement! It, it can't be, you know, you you don't win ninety two wins by being lucky. You don't win ninety two wins. You don't That's get solid. you don't get nine you don't get ninety two <laughs> wins by being lucky, do you? So no, you don't. And I think it's 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 crazy that people would. I, I understand why people people that potentially dislike him, they can latch on to the fact that Hamilton, without a doubt, right now has underneath him the most dominant car probably of all time just just purely from a, the stretch of how long Mercedes have been potentially the fastest or one of the fastest you know there was that time where we can argue, can argue that Ferrari were the quickest car I, I don't personally buy that I think they were quick at some tracks but but not over the course of the season um so yeah it's we can never like knight Tim and say he is the greatest of all time that's not how it works K- you know Katie it's always going to be up to up for debate (laughs) (laughs) um but but you know he deserves the praise he deserves more praise than what he's you know he he can only do what he's given it's up to everybody else to make a better car and if they don't what's Hamilton supposed to do slow down put some weight in the car like it's just it's ridiculous that people would would have a go at him for that yeah, no, yeah. I mean, Hamilton won by the largest margin of 2020 in that race we've just seen, 25.592 seconds. So, and like Tommy said, he was complaining of severe cramps in his right calf during the race and then went on to set fastest laps. Like, that was painful. Yeah. <laughs> it probably was literally painful. For him and for us. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. But... Yeah, you, you tweeted, didn't you, Tommy? You went, oh, he's got cramp, lap record incoming. And that age, lo and behold, yeah. he then set like four fastest laps in a row. It was, it was <laughs> genuinely about 20 seconds after I tweeted it. And I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, the guy is just in the form of his life. Like you say, he's got an incredible car, but 
you can't begrudge him for delivering with that incredible car. Um, he's got an incredible car. We should be begrudging Ferrari. We should be begrudging Red Bull yes, for not building make a, a better, better car. car. Come on. Um, but we are yeah. going to do um, for for the people that don't think we talk about enough his achievements and everything we will do like a, a special podcast about about it where we can throw some more bombshells of if he's the greatest or shumi's the greatest or whatever and just talk oh, about I his career side I'm on. yeah there you go so basically if you want to hear matt and katie argue we'll do a special <laughs> podcast uh in a couple of weeks when there's not a, look, not an Sh- f1 race shumi look i'm just gonna just drop a little seasoning into it now where you know shumi clearly didn't have as dominant of a car because just look how many poles he had compared but then again there's so many things you can take into account because he had so many less poles but that's because fuel was in the equation for a lot of it wasn't yeah. it where you would you would anyway let's let's not dive into that now <laughs> we'll literally speak about it for 20 minutes yeah um but yeah thanks for that uh, little uh, mention there tommy yeah we will be doing a special that time when podcast lots of people have been wanting that time when to come back and uh, it is returning now that we have katie uh, the wonderful katie with her knowledge and editing and all that good stuff so uh, we'll be having some tales uh, in the future for sure um, so the Archie Tech Ed says why can Bottas not pull a gap any further than three seconds Hamilton has bad feeling tyres closes the gap and goes ahead proceeds to a 25 second gap is Hamilton that much better yes I think <laughs> Hamilton yeah, yeah. In, in a nutshell yeah he is he is better uh, I think that's a, a pretty well well known fact but He's just so much more consistent. We we will never I don't we don't ever hardly see Hamilton with an off day where I mean, have we ever seen Bottas put a twenty five second gap on Hamilton because Hamilton just didn't have any grip. Yeah. Or so true. You know, there's ne- we never see it. No, it's so rare. I, th- I I I can't remember who said it. It was one of the various videos that I watched after the race or post race coverage, but I think there's something in that, that Bottas when when the car's hooked up and perfect, he's able to deliver with that Mercedes. Obviously, he's a it's, a, it's a great car, but the moment because wasn't there something in that like I know this is gust of wind Rosberg territory, but that the, <laughs> the, the the wind kind of was changing, and that's when Hamilton can switch it on when it, you need to adapt immediately. Um, yeah. which is probably why when he gets cramp, he can do a lap record because he just goes, oh, I need to do something now. Oh, I, and I, why I, he's I, so good in the rain as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, yes, Ham- Hamilton is a better driver than Bottas. And if Hamilton is one of the greatest of all time, whether you think he is the greatest or not, we have to just say that Ham- it's expected that Hamilton is going to beat Bottas, isn't it? So, Yeah, I mean... Bottas is a good second driver. I don't think he's ever going to... like. I just think the way that he is, he's, he was never going to be like a number one driver. Yes, he showed some promise at Williams um, against somebody as competitive as Massa, but Hamilton is just in another league. And it's just as simple as that. Bottas can try, and, and when he does well, like I know it's something we've discussed previously, but I found it so cringy when he got um, that win the other... I forget which race it was, but Russia, Russia, Russia yeah. yeah, and he started like going off on radio, and I'm thinking, <laughs> just babes, calm down. <laughs> you, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I mean, you've got to celebrate your victories, right? Like, I totally understand that, but he's how ne- many wins has he got this year? Two. Uh, yeah, yeah, two. Whoop de do. What did he win? He won Austria. He won, and he won. He won the opening race, as he Russia, always does, yeah. and then Russia. 
yeah, Austria and Russia. So, yeah, I mean, if anything, he should have said it at Austria and not at Russia. But yeah. either way, he's, you know, clearly just very happy to beat Hamilton. You can hear it in the radio yeah. when he does, and it's a, a huge relief. And that's, well, Russia was when Hamilton messed up, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, either way, uh, we continue on the Bottas bashing. David Speed F1 <laughs> says, why did the team not allow Bottas to try and run the soft tyre to challenge Hamilton? It seems like he was denied the chance, even though he asked for softs. Well, I think if we'd been... I, it was just the, from a spectator's point of view, it was a bit sad to see. You know, I, I, the fact that he... <laughs> but the thing is, and you can hear it in the team radio... When he asks, he knows what the answer is going to be already. Hundred percent. It's like it's like asking your mum when you're a kid for a, like a chocolate bar or something when you know it's dinner time. Yeah. You know, can we, and you're can going, we stop off at McDonald's? Can, can, can I have a can I have a chocolate bar? And, and, and it's the way his intonation. Maybe we should go on the softs. And, and it's just <laughs> so, like if you go and listen to it back again, you you can just hear it. I don't know if this is like psychoanalyzing him, but hey, this is me. You know, I can just I can sense it after all of my Among Us gameplay. You know, yeah. I can sense it in people's voices. Uh, sniff it out. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, he he knew that wasn't going to happen. He knew that the Mercedes ethos is to not just you know do an undercut on the, the driver ahead or, or whatever. And I think if he'd gone on the softs anyway, it would have been horrendous for him, and probably would have even maybe fallen into the clutches of Max by the way that. You would think that the soft tyres would, would be fast and that Bottas, that is the preferable strategy, but we saw it with uh, some other runners. Ocon, for example, came out on fresh softs and couldn't pull away from Ricardo on old mediums. Yeah, Bottas, Bottas is the perfect number two driver in that he's consistent to get lots of second places behind Hamilton. But I, I guess with that, you, you're right. And I think Brundle called it perfectly on commentary where he said Bottas deep down knows that that's never an option. Um at that point then it is it's settling for second place isn't it they want they want to finish uh one two hamilton gets the record um i think it's a way of bottas almost just showing the public that he really does want to try and beat hamilton and he cares for the for the people that for some reason think that that he's not trying hard enough um which is not the case um he just probably just the maximum of his his ability against uh hamilton with what he can do so yeah, you're right. He he was never going to get that. He just threw it onto the airwaves to kind of just to be like, maybe, maybe, maybe we could do this so I can win, please. But like you say, it probably wouldn't even been a, a great strategy anyway. Yeah, no, Toto Wolf said after that it was the right decision to put them both on hards because he saw how drivers with soft struggled at the end of the race. Um, and also Mercedes said they didn't want to have differing strategies for both drivers, which I can understand. Um, and that once Hamilton had pitted first for hards, like that's just, it's, that's a strategy set in stone. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I love that though. I love, I love that. How, what was it? Uh, it was uh, Mugello where Bottas was forced into pitting earlier. Right. And he wanted a different strategy. And Mercedes are like, no, you're going on this because Hamilton's going on this in a minute. Like, it's just, it doesn't matter when Bottas had pit. He was always forced onto that strategy. Yeah, yeah. true. Oh, well, we'll continue. Uh, Tommy, play the jingle. Now it's time for Okay, ABC to EF1 time now. And because there's now three of us, uh, we're just going to have to fly through this. You know, n- none of this you know chin wagging for five minutes on each driver you know because we'll be here all day and i know that we probably won't agree but let's do it let's let's, let's fight it let's, out let's, let's let's anger some people because that's what this segment does apparently 
<laughs> right, Lewis Hamilton. Let's go with him. He- Let's say I'm going to just put it out there an A. A star. Wow. A- I've gone A star as well. Wow. Yeah. He finished 25 seconds clear of Bottas. <laughs> pulled a huge gap. Track record with Cram. Uh... Difficult conditions. Repassed Bottas for the lead. Got pole. Surely. Had Cram A star. <laughs> Yeah, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it was it was touch and go between A and A star. It's only because in my head I was just playing lap one, and I was like, ah, he lost the lead. Yeah, that's his but, only um, downfall, I guess, for the whole the whole weekend, really. But yeah, I think a lot. We we weren't really we couldn't really understand how difficult those conditions were, apart from when we heard the team radios, where you know the drivers were genuinely saying it's so windy out here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's quite quite interesting. Okay, let's go with A star Hamilton. Cool, Bottas. B. B. Not I dreadful. C. A. A. You finished twenty-five seconds behind Hamilton. Well, yeah, you said finished... you said potentially C. I said B. Katie said A. So B it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe C is a little bit harsh because he did lead the race for a little while, but then just had terrible pace and finished twenty-five seconds behind Hamilton. So I think a B is about as nice as we can get. I think. Sorry, Katie, and sorry, me. It's Thomas. It's Thomas B that we go with. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Charlotte Claire, A star. Easy, A star. I've gone A. What? <laughs> Surely not. I mean, fourth. he finished... qualified for, finished for on mediums in that that Q two lap set him up unbelievably for the race. The fact that he able to uh, scrape through on mediums uh, in Q two allowed him to to really just settle into fourth place and that was it done katie why are they question whether i'm a fanboy now <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, more could he have done katie tell me win um yeah there you go there you go win that's my answer i don't know i think there were other people on that grid that did a better job I mean, not saying that Leclerc oh. did a bad job at all. Like, what? phenomenal race oh, from him. But goodness. there are other people further down that I've given an A star to that I think are more deserving of that A star than Leclerc is. But... Right, Katie, are we giving A stars out because they've had sensational drives as in they've overtaken a lot? Because No. Uh, I, can, I can see you giving maybe Perez an A star. Uh, uh, but uh, Anyway, you've well... been overridden. It's an A star. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, Vettel, D, C. I went. D. I went C. I don't think he was C. dreadful. He got. He fought back to the points. <laughs> I love. I love how people are posting on social media going. Oh, Seb had a strong race. It's not a strong <laughs> race, is it? He he's a four-time 15. world champion and he's mm. finishing tenth. It's sad. Um, but yeah, he was a minute off Leclerc, and we're going. <laughs> Seb. Solid performance this weekend, mate. Yeah. You got a point. It's almost patronising, isn't it, to, mm. for it someone that, that good and was that good in a Red Bull and won four World Championships in such dominant fashion to be like, well done, you finished tenth. Um, there are a lot of Seb Vettel stands out there, yeah. and, and that's the reason why he's not getting as much stick as Albon is, for example. Mm-hmm. When I think Vettel deserves as much stick, I don't care if he's lost motivation. Just pick it up. You're an F1 driver. Go, like, just do better. Do like, I don't understand why he's protected so just much. Just win. Yeah, I think a C is... I think, what, what were you going for, Katie? Um, I put him down as a D. Oh, is so, it a D then? Two Ds yeah. and a C, so... 
That's fine. It's terrible. It was a terrible, yeah, it was a terrible weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he I think was, mess, was messed around in quali with the tyre choice. Like, and to start 15th is obviously not ideal, but it just didn't impress in the race. It just nothing sensational happened. He sort of just plodded along and managed to get his car on the points. I did find it very silly from Ferrari that they put him out on mediums when yeah. clearly he didn't have the pace of Leclerc. But then, look, if we're, we're going for like for like here, and Leclerc had mediums on and he got to Q3. So, like, can, yeah. we can't just go... Because people will argue that Vettel has an inferior car and things like that. Like, How, how does anyone know? Vettel, him, <laughs> Vettel himself was asked about that and said that that's rubbish. I mean... So, yeah, Ferrari have come out. Obviously, Ferrari have said Look, that's absolute rubbish. Did but Vettel, v- Vettel well, himself uh, came out and said that he just can't. He just can't get this car working. And is, well, there you the go. There you go, everybody. Conspiracy theorists out there. Right. Should we give him a D? We'll give him a D. Okay, we'll give him a D because I think Vettel also said that Leclerc was on another level yeah, this weekend mm. as well. So, I think it's a D for Vettel. Sorry, everybody. He's a four-time F1 world champ. One point is not good enough. I'm being savage. Sorry, <laughs> I'm really, I've, I've angered a lot of people. I apologise. Uh, Verstappen. Uh, a. A. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of a, a weak A to be honest. It wasn't really a Max mm. Verstappen performance that we expected. Bit, bit I've messy. gone for B. I've gone for a B. Wow. He yeah, had a pretty clumsy, clumsy weekend. I mean, he managed to get up back onto the podium, but he had the incident with Stroll, and then he had an incident with Perez, yeah. and he didn't take advantage of the start like we all thought. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've gone with B. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I think it would be an A- okay, minus if we did A-, minus, but we don't, so... I love how many times we say that. I know. <laughs> people get so angry. They're like, why don't you Just do, do minuses then? then? <laughs> Well, we don't. That's the way we do things here. I'm actually going to demote myself to a B. Okay. So Max Verstappen, I think that probably is Max's first B of the season. I think he's been A and A star the entire season. Anyway, okay. Albon. Ooh. I love how we're giving Max a B and he lapped out. He lapped, he lapped <laughs> yeah. his teammate. We're giving him the same grade as Bottas. He finished 25 seconds behind Hamilton. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, maybe an A. Okay, uh, right, we're back up to an A. <laughs> I can just see the comments in my head already. Uh, okay, we're giving Verstappen an A. Uh, Alban, oh my God. It's not, yeah, I think it's E. It's yeah, not e. his worst performance, but that says a lot that it's not his worst performance. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, no, it's just it's horrible, horrible to, to watch. watch. It is horrible to watch. I think just E and move on. <laughs> Ian, move on. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Uh, signs. Well, obviously, incredible start. McLaren didn't really have the pace. I think he deserves an A. Yeah, I've gone with A. Okay, A is fine. Sorry, he takes the lead and you're not giving him an A? It's a high B. It's a B plus. Oh, oh it's a high B. Don't give me that. We don't do that around here, Tommy. Okay, let's go A. <laughs> oh, actually, okay, fair play. I've just... I. Uh, I got confused with the press thing. He did finish six. Yeah, it's an A. I thought he finished lower. I thought, I thought he finished <laughs> nice. lower than that. Nice backtrack. Yeah, good, yeah, good turn around there, Tommy. A, a for signs. Yeah. Uh, Lando Norris. He was just a tiny bit off Carlos, I felt, yeah. this weekend. Uh, and then that obviously got caught up in the stroll incident. Is it a B? Yeah. Yeah, B. Oh, cool. All agreement. All in agreement. First one. Oh, Jinx private padlock. Uh, right, Danny Rick. <laughs> Actually got beaten by Ocon. Mm. Yeah, unexpected. Uh, which I, I felt like was down to his strategy more than the fact that Ocon had more pace than him because they pitted him very early, did they, with Danny Rick? Because he, 
Did he start on softs and then went to mediums? Yeah, Ocon. Did he go soft hard? Ocon had a blinding strategy. It worked really well for him. So. Yeah, Ocon just went so long on the mediums. He went like fifty odd laps, didn't he, Amazing. on the mediums? Yeah. Which I'm surprised fair more, play to more him. people didn't do that. I guess it's all captain yeah. hindsight, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Danny Rick, I think you know he got points, so let's give him a B, and I think we give Ocon an A. I said Ooh. Ricardo C for his uncharacteristic Ooh. spin in Q2. Um, and he had a fairly average race other than that. And I said Ocon B. Disappointing quality pace, but made up for it in the race. And also just gets extra praise for his good Perez battle. <laughs> Katie's not afraid to give her opinion and I love it. Yeah. Fantastic Ooh. addition to the podcast. Love it. Um, okay, what do, what, what do you go with, Tommy? What's the... I went for... Deciding B, I went for B and B uh, for both of them. I think there B was... Yeah, there wasn't... I think Ocon... <laughs> uh, yeah, like you say, Ocon... It wasn't wasn't lucky. It was great for Ocon that he was a lot closer to uh, to Ricardo this race and had an amazing strategy and made it work. So that's where he gets points for me. But maybe he wasn't on pace okay. quicker than Ricardo. So yeah. Okay, so we're giving Danny Rick a B, and we're giving Ocon a B. Yeah, there you go. That's what that's Fine that's the that. votes. Okay, uh, Pierre Gasly, A star, A A star, fifth in an Alpha Tauri. On a, in a car that caught fire on Friday and was completely rebuilt. Yeah, Amazing. I didn't even think about that. It's insane. Yeah. You didn't know. I didn't. Even, did you say you didn't know that? No, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't oh. think about that. Uh, that he had the fire. It's quite funny because um, when they were interviewing him afterwards, they said that because uh, the chassis can sometimes be good or bad. He was saying, and that it's pretty much a lottery as to whether or not after the rebuild whether it would feel better or worse. And he said it felt better. So the fire actually helped him. <laughs> nice. Set nice. fire to your car yeah. more, Gasly. A star for Gasly yeah. then, and Kvyat, he got oh. a penalty, didn't he? He got a penalty for, was it track limits? I think so, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going like. to drop a bombshell now and say that... Go on. Kvyat... Do it. Go on, Tommy. Hold on. Everybody strap yourselves in. Kvyat was worse than Albon in that race. What? Finished 19th. <sighs> what, what even happened in his race? He was just dreadful. I'm sorry, he just was... <laughs> he said... Post race, he was like, "Oh, it had cold tires, which meant it had no grip." Mate, so did the whole grid. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really poor, really poor Rubbish. race. When your teammate's mm. fifth yeah, if, and you're nineteenth, yeah. okay, we're giving him an F. Yeah, nightmare. What did you give him, Katie? I gave him an E, but to be honest, F is probably more justified because he was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okie dokie, uh, Perez. I gave him an A. I think it's. Oh, I think it's a. Star. <laughs> I can't give him an A star, but. Um, I went no, for it's a. a. No, because yeah. a dodgy move on Gasly. A. Yeah, I went for A. Nice. Okay, lovely. We're all in an agreement. Uh, Stroll. Oh dear. Oh, this is borderline F as well. I know it's really savage, wow. but he's dreadful. Really, really poor. <laughs> it was really bad. I'm not Tommy afraid to is say not it. Holding back either it's, today, Jesus. I, I like Stroll, and we were giving him. I'm really. I'm actually disappointed with Stroll because he was putting in some amazing performances, and he got the praise yeah. that he deserved. And we were saying that it looks good for it, it looks good for Racing one, Point that he's now turned it on, and Perez isn't really looking as good. Uh, so they've made the kind of call to keep him for next year, which was always going to happen anyway, and it looks good for them. And since then, he seems to have like dropped off a bit again. And this was just 
really just mm. a poor weekend from start to I finish. I give him an E. E, yeah, mm. E's e. fine. Yeah, I think E's good. Okay, doke. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Oh goodness me! I want to give him an A star. <laughs> oh, I've really? gone. I've gone. I've you gone didn't for get any A. Points. Mm. I've gone for B. <laughs> what? Is, um, you gave him a B after one of the most incredible opening laps of the all time. It's not, race, it's not rating the start, though, is it? No. I um, mean... I'm factoring it in yeah. there that he's driving I'm... a literal wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. But he he did fall back and out of the points. I know that his well, car yeah, his car isn't great, he's but he's driving got... an app. <laughs> but he's got other points in the season so far it's not like this was his best result finish this season like i think he finished yeah but this is a a big power track isn't this one was it 70 percent full throttle or something okay i think Mm, i think it is okay uh, a A down the middle from yeah we've split across the board again yeah i think i think if it got points i would have a star yeah Yeah. i think a's a's Mm. fair okay b unbelievable i can see the comments bring them on (laughs) (laughs) uh giovanazzi always difficult finish he finished 15th he had he had no radio the whole race which i guess you have to give him a little bit of stick for uh not stick the opposite the opposite opposite of that Um, wow antonio how dare you not fix your radio i can't believe giovanazzi didn't turn his radio on at the start of the race what an idiot (laughs) <laughs> okay, he didn't have any radio, bless him. But he still um, still didn't exactly set the world alight. Like. Yeah, it's a low C. C? Maybe even low D. C? Yeah, I said C. What are you going to give him, Katie? Yeah, I okay. went C average is. C. Uh, Kevin Magnussen. C again. He, he finished 16th, so just behind Giovinazzi. Yeah. Yeah, Same thing, C. very average. C for average. And the car apparently is the worst on the grid, according to Roman Grosjean and his spilling of all the truths since he's not staying at Haas. Salty. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Let's give Magnussen the C because uh, they they went with the hard strategy, didn't they? Right at the start, they just tried to go really long. At least they did with I think Magnussen yeah. maybe, but um, just clearly didn't work too well. He, I think Kevin said that he'd made he'd made up a couple of positions on the normal strategy, but yeah, the car's just a dog, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so C for Magnussen, Grosjean. Much of the same, same I think. C. Yeah. I'd yep. separate them. See, has just dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. Uh, George Russell. He had a strongish race, but it, I think it was kind of um, elevated by the fact that he hadn't pit for ages and mm-hmm. that it looked like he was doing really well and then he pit and then he was about over half a minute off points. No, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I think it was one of the best performances he's had in F1. Oh, wow. And okay. he himself oh, said, said the same. And I, yeah. I he said it was good to be in the fight, didn't he? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> okay. All round weekend, fourteenth, fourteenth, and fourteenth, fourteenth uh, start, fourteenth finish in a Williams when no one retires, uh, mm. well, one person retired. I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying. Oh yeah, that it's no, a bad no, no, I know. I know you're not saying it's saying got any, but it looked like it was going to be a lot better than maybe it turned out yeah it was a shame because when he was up there it was like this could be the points and then realistically yeah. it wasn't even close but yeah okay a, so we'll give him an a then a, yeah a for russell where did latifi finish 18th. he was not on it at all he was uh, so d i think not good. Yeah, d, yeah i said d d for latifi okay lovely stuff we finished abcdf1 thank you so much for listening and watching and i'm sure you've put in your comments <laughs> or, or skipped if you, you disagree can't with handle everything it. or skipped if you can't handle it yeah. <laughs> uh, right let's go into Portuguese Grand Prix predictions obviously Katie you didn't make any because you weren't part of the last podcast but 
we'll go through them anyway. Uh, I said there will be a great strategic battle with tyres. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah, okay. that, yeah, I think that's that fair. there was some element of strategy because of how crazy the tyre choice was and it was a, a very weird thing the fact that the, Merce- uh, the mercedes that the mediums were quicker than the softs even in qualifying yeah, they didn't even know did they uh, all weekend what tire was best and you love it no which i think was quite interesting uh, so and then track will be called unsuitable for f1 cars due to elevation changes didn't, didn't no so people no. loved it if anything none of that so one point for me um tommy <laughs> Butter. Bottas. Bottas victory uh he he did uh, not do that no. oh wow you've had an absolute shocker i've had a shocker here. every week it's just i don't think i've got any points like Katie's probably going to finish ahead of me even <laughs> after 12 races of not being here. That's amazing. Uh, another race of attrition. I said five or more cars retiring and only Lance decided what? he didn't fancy it. So Amazing. There you go. And the uh, two fan predictions from AF85 was Leclerc, another top five in qualifying. Yes. Mm. And George underscore Tucker for a rain race will finally come. I don't know if we can call mm. lap one a rain no. race. Half a point. Half I think I'm going to allow yeah. it. It's been a while. Because people are going to be calling for the fact that there was moisture on the track. There was. Yeah. Half a point for George Tucker. Well done. Wow. The Emilia Romagna Grand Prix predictions. That's part of Rousing my. Uh, pre- yeah, that's part of my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, right. So I'm. Uh, my two predictions are the least amount of overtaking all season, and uh, well, good, good typing here, Tommy. <laughs> you wrote good it. Job. I'm not Ron Burgundy. Uh, track limits will be a big issue again, even though you wrote tack. Um, I feel like I, I definitely I, did not put tack <laughs> in the group chat. <laughs> tack so limit. I think yeah, track limits will be a big issue again, and they'll be the least amount I've ever taken all season. Nice, uh, mm. Katie, you go. I have said that I think Verstappen will be either taken out or he'll do something and crash himself out, make a slip up. I've got a feeling that the <laughs> I've just seen yours, Tommy. Sorry, carry on. Katie. <laughs> Uh, Tommy's really is quite ambitious Um, but yeah I've got a feeling that Verstappen isn't going to finish the race and I have jumped on the bandwagon and I've said Russell points but I'm not just doing this for the sake of it Russell has come out and said that he thinks Imola could be the race he thinks that's the most likely race on the calendar for him Mm -hmm. to score points so I will sit here and I will manifest Russell points Mm. <laughs> Tommy, your two. I've, one of them. One of them's fine. The other one's sure. I've genuinely <laughs> lost my uh, predictions, and I'm not just saying that okay, because I'm Tommy's. hitting. Okay, Tommy's. I know. Here we go. I've got Okay, so there'll be hashtag fails. Uh, that means the fact that the no the one, everyone will just yeah. mess up the spelling of the Amelia Regala Re- Portuguese GP. Grand Prix. Everyone got was that trending wrong. for the wrong spelling, yeah. wasn't it? And then Perez mm. just spelt it completely wrong. He put. Poet, poet, Portuguese, and then some people just went <laughs> F1 Portugal because they just couldn't even write it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've gone for that, and then I've gone absolutely blazing in a heap of fire. Uh, Albon podium, why not? <laughs> oh god! Wow, w- were you drunk when you wrote? Well, I'm just thinking it's similar. It's similar to Mugello. Um, and the the Red it's Bull similar to Mugello the, in the fact that we'll have twelve finishes. Yeah, the Red Bull finishes. was so good there that um like say if katie if Verstappen goes out maybe uh Alban just picks up the point because no one can overtake oh okay so you're relying on a katie prediction to come true for a tommy prediction yeah. to come true interesting okay the two fans uh shampoo horde says vettel out qualifies leclerc <laughs> good joke good joke <laughs> and then june's notice a gasly podium yeah i said a it. lot of bold well, predictions here. i think that's a good shout though gasly podium 
I think we could see. I'm not too sure about Tommy's prediction of an album podium, but I think we could either get a Gasly podium or even a Leclerc podium if things work it, out. It, it says a lot about this wow. season, doesn't it? That um, we're going, you're laughing at album podium in a Red Bull, and we're like, yeah, I could see a Gasly podium in an Alpha Tauri. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Well, there you go. I'm sure that we're going to be scoring a lot of points for our predictions this time <laughs> we get to, uh, right. this weekend. But uh, thank you so much to Katie and Tommy. Uh, final words from you both. Tommy, let's start with you. Bring on Imola. No Friday practice. Mm. Cannot wait. Oh, God. I Here bet we you go. are so excited for that. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, and Katie? Uh, yep. Super excited for Imola. Um, and yeah, just... Thanks for having me on the podcast. I hope I haven't offended too many people in my first outing. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I'm looking forward to being part of the podcast gang now. That's your job. You, the more people you insult, the longer you stay on the podcast. That's oh, okay. Otherwise, me and Tommy would have gone a long, long time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Thank you so much, everybody, for, for watching or listening. Make sure to give us five stars if you're uh, listening on a, an audio platform. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, use the hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved with any uh, suggestions. Make sure to check out on Twitter as well. We, we always put up a, a post asking for your questions uh, and things like that. So, Make sure to interact with that. And that is pretty much it. We'll see you, well, next week. It'll be uh, another it's race week again. Monday recording Tuesday. Well, it's coming out today, isn't it, Tommy? It's yeah, today. hopefully. Lovely stuff. So we'll see you again next Monday for uh, another Emilia Romagna Grand Prix podcast. I say another. We've never done one of those. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm waving. I just oh, realized there's going to oh, be yeah. three boxes. You Tommy, waving. And I'm waving at... where I think Katie will Katie be, will but be I'm not sure. down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, poor Katie. Are you feeling all right, Katie? Yeah, Aww. just down here on my lorry, but I'll be all right. Yeah, she's not down. She just joined WTF1. Anyway, bye. Bye. Bye.